Welcome back to the Homeschool Advantage podcast. I'm your host, Bex Buzzy. Today's topic is about the math eye. And with us, we have Ingrid Motes, CEO and founder of Tampa Bay Test Prep to talk about that with us. Ingrid is a brilliant mathematician with a bright and bubbly personality. She has a degree from UC Berkeley in mathematics and a master's in education from Holy Names University. She received a perfect score of 800 on her GRE math. She is a credentialed teacher in California and Florida, and she has over 17 years of teaching, tutoring, and helping with test prep. Today, we'll be talking about math competitions and the benefits of math competitions and how she got started in them. We will also be discussing how her parents inspired her in this journey of math and how she believes everyone is a math person and how training yourself to have the math eye can help you see what is unseen. So go grab your coffee, go grab your tea and a pen and paper because you're not going to want to miss what Ingrid has to say. Let's get into the podcast. Welcome back to the Homeschool Advantage podcast. I'm your host, Bex Buzzy. Today, we have CEO and founder Ingrid Motes of Tampa Bay Test Prep. Ingrid, say hello to our listeners and tell us one thing you think most people don't know about homeschooling. Hello, everyone. I'm so excited to be here. And thank you so much, Bex, for having me. I just want parents out there. I know there's a lot of people who are looking at starting and getting into homeschooling. And one of the things I want to reassure you is you're going to do it right. It's not going to be wrong. I don't want you to stress out about it. I've been there. I've done it. And we are so grateful we did it. And one of the things that a lot of people feel like is it has to be complicated. No, it does not. You can make homeschooling simple. You can make it as simple as possible for your family for your lifestyle, for your family's values, and enjoy the journey. Definitely, I want you to stress, I can't stress enough, enjoy the journey of homeschooling, of learning, of being with your family, and uh, of going through this adventure together, which I think we'll talk more about, so I don't want to give too much away, but it is just a wonderful privilege to be able to homeschool and, and definitely enjoy it. I, I think that's really important. And that's one of the biggest things about homeschooling, at least for me, is the fact that you're able to impress your values and your culture on your child and be able to build such strong relationships. Now, your family is from Taiwan. Is that correct? Yes, yes that's correct. You had mentioned in your bio how impressed you were with your parents' math skills that by far succeeded what you were learning in school until your first math competition test. And you compared it to your love of detective novels and that these became like tiny mystery novels that you can, like, can you share more about how this opened doors for you, how, and how you can potentially encourage others to venture down the math competition road, especially now in a world that, you know, you can get a participation and an attendance award. How does, how does competition math fit in there? 
Yeah, so one of the things about competition math is that we have a lot of students, and I, and I do run, you know, I run a tutoring program as well as a, a math kind of school. And we have a lot of students who can't find this anywhere else. They are, they are like the sports stars of mathematics, right? Can you imagine if you are the parent of like, Oh my gosh, there's so many. I can't even think of names, but I'm sure somebody can say one for me. Like but, a Tiger you know, Woods. You, yes, right. You are, you have that child and they absolutely love math or you can see that light bulb. And all of a sudden they're like, I'm done with everything that you've given me. I want more. You know, mm. they can't reach their full potential unless they've seen something higher. And so one of the things I think about exposing students to math competitions is it gives them that next level. I grew up in a family that loved math. I grew up in a family that talked about math, but these particular problems, I had never seen them before in my life. Like finding shortcuts for adding the numbers between one and a hundred. It's a really famous problem if you do the research for it, but, um, and there's stories behind it. And we don't necessarily know if it's true, but it's just a wonderful story. But knowing that you could take like one plus a hundred or one plus 99 and group them and all of a sudden rearrange the numbers in like a puzzle piece and everything comes together and bam, you have all these hundreds that you're adding up and you could do it in your head. Like that's a whole nother level than what I learned in school where you copy down all the problems, then you make a nice row and then you add all the numbers down and you do it very systematically. There's a different energy to it. And there's a sense of satisfaction, like a real deep sense of satisfaction when you try something hard. And sometimes, yeah, we don't get it right the first time, but how many times in life do we see something? Okay. I am sometimes when I cook, oh my goodness, my family will give me that look. But if I go back and I try and try again, and then they have this like, wow, look how good that food was. Like their face, their enjoyment, their expression is so powerful, right? So same thing with math. Like you try maybe that first time it didn't come out quite right. You try again and then you have that inner satisfaction that you really do feel like maybe you can do anything. And, and that's one of the things that, you know, I kind of love about the math competitions is I want to empower students that if they've struggled with math and have a good, solid struggle with it and learn how to overcome that struggle with good tools, good understanding, that they can take that, that excitement and apply it to anything in their life, even if they don't necessarily want to go into math or they don't necessarily want to go into science, although I do encourage it, but even if they don't, that they have challenged themselves, they've overcome that challenge, and they know deep, deep, deep within, I can do it. Even if I'm struggling, I can do it. I love that because that builds so much confidence. And as we had just talked earlier, I had a class once where I asked them that question. I was like, have you ever felt that, that feeling of yay, I did it, you know, and not one of my students had ever felt that because they had never been challenged. And that really blew my mind thinking, how have you gone your first 13 years of your life never feeling that feeling of accomplishment? So it blew, it, it really blew my mind. And I love the fact that you talk about struggle in such a positive way, because really, what is struggle? Struggle is the ability to allow us to work towards 
emotional intelligence to be able to handle hard situations and to give us those skills. Like you said, maybe we won't go into math, right? Maybe we won't go into like a solid STEM, but there is math in music. There is math in art. There's math in everything that we do. We really can't get away from math. It's just a different category of it, right? And if we're not able to problem solve and build those critical thinking skills, we'll become adults that will buckle under pressure. And that is really not what you know, it's going to be beneficial to anybody, really. But you had mentioned a story behind the math. What do you, what is, what, what's that story you were talking about? You just mentioned like there's a little story behind the Thai, Taiwanese math or something like that. What, what is it? Speak a bit about the competition. I mean, when my parents, when I first saw this competition, my teacher actually introduced it to us. So in sixth grade, I got to sit down and my mind was blown. I mean, literally, I I felt and and it relates so much with what you said. I felt like a whole section of my brain opened up, and, and and by doing that, I think that's something I've been able to carry with me the rest of my life. I went down this journey of math competitions. I actually sought them out myself. I I was able to do them in in a world where I was constantly comparing myself to others, right? Mm. Because my parents were so good at mathematics, so good at science. I carved out something that I enjoyed doing. And so I went through and participated in middle school competitions and I got to enjoy being on a team. I mean, not that's not very common to be on a team to work together for mathematics. And um, even now, I, I was just talking to... <laughs> on Facebook, I was just talking to a friend of mine back in high school, and he still remembers those times, you know, wow. those competition days. And it's something he wants to pass on to his daughter now, as well. So it's something that you just you just don't forget, you don't forget the excitement, you don't forget the ability to solve the, the challenge of your of diving into mathematics and learning something, exploring a new world. There were so many types of problems school had not exposed us to. So we had to go learn them on our own and sit there and figure out how they work. And yeah, it was it was a brand new adventure. Uh, I see that all the time. What are can you can you share with us uh, some of those math questions that you got to experience? Like maybe one or two, if you remember. Yeah, so the one I just mentioned of adding like one to 100 you actually had to do that very quickly. So you had to know how to do that mentally and combine different numbers. Um, there were other questions where instead of using addition or subtraction, they used symbols. And this was at an age where we hadn't even seen symbols. So it might be like A triangle B. They're like, okay, what's A triangle B? Well, then they would put an equal sign like maybe 2A plus B. And you being a little kid, never having seen it before, it was a pattern. And so if you were able to understand that pattern became kind of like a recipe, then when you went down below, you could use that pattern with any number right before the triangle and any number after. I mean, plus and minus are constructed, right? If you think linguistics, you think about all these other things and you could tie it in hieroglyphics. It's an actual construction and we call it a mathematics of function. So you, you construct this recipe of how different numbers and different things go together and you follow it. 
And so what was exciting to me is that I could see, I had one of my friends, oh, I love her term. She calls it a math eye. I had the math eye where I could see how this function worked. And then I was like, oh, I figured it out on my own. Nobody told me. I plugged all the numbers in. I was like, oh, it's one of the answers at the bottom. And I was like, yes, I can do it. And so I took that little courage and then I went to the, to the next problem. Um, which would have been geometry, or maybe there was this other one, like, what's an exclamation mark? I've never seen an exclamation mark in math, but as you get higher levels, you hear it's factorial. So as a little kid, you might see five exclamation mark. Well, they tell you in the little test, because you don't have much time, they'll tell you like n factorial equals n times n minus one times n minus two. You're like, I've never seen this before either, and I've got this time pressure. So, well, let me follow the directions and like, Oh, it works out. So I just learned something new by trying, attempting it. And then they give you multiple choice. You can kind of check to see whether or not you got the right answer. And then you're like, this is something neat. I want to know more. So afterwards, when there was more opportunity, I definitely, I was like, oh, that was so cool. If there was anything that was anything remotely like it, uh, I was looking for it. So it was, it was very, very, very fun. That sounds so dynamic. I want to learn that. Now you talked about a math eye. Is that something you can develop or do you, are you born like that? Like, do you, is that something that just comes innately? I feel like, I mean, you, you get trained in it, right? You grow into it. It's mathematics innate, it is. Like, I feel like people shouldn't say I'm not a math person. I mean, you've got 10 fingers, 10 toes, uh, and a pardon if you don't, but for most people you have 10 toes and 10 fingers. So we have the 10 system. How yeah. much more innate is it? You go from ones to tens, that's two digits. That's how our system is designed. It's a design in a way that your own self is related with it. So I think we're all math people. Now we just have to train ourselves to be able to see things like, like a, a, a bird, right? Finding that right bird out in the sky. I can look at a bird, I don't even know what it is, but I need somebody to teach me to spot certain things by the way they fly or their wingspan or et cetera, or where they're located. I need someone to teach me that. It's the same thing with math, to develop the sight, to be able to see things that are unseen. Oh, it's so exciting. Um, I was actually talking to this, uh, a student about this in those last week, that mathematics, you do see things that are unseen. When you see these words on a page, you're making emotional and mental connections between them drawing relationships between them. I can show you two numbers and I can give you a little bit of context. And all of a sudden your brain runs through this database of what formula to use and you pick out the right one. And you're like, maybe this, and, and I want to stress this part, maybe this formula will work. And you kind of look at it and double check it and say, yeah, that does work. That means you've taken that intuition and now you're applying that intuition to that situation. I don't feel like, I think people feel like it should be, I do know what it is. No, it's actually more like, I think this will work. Let me try it out. And if it works, then let me go into the next step. It is a adventure of going from one step to the another. Sometimes when students give me problems, I've never seen them before in my life, right? So why am I as a teacher able to work with them to solve it? It's because as I look at the first, all the problem in its context, I can say, this is what the first step looks like. Let's work together and test it out. And when it tests, and when it tests it out, it actually, it fall, what I call falls in place. All the steps line up in such as like musical, right? Such a beautiful rhythm. And then 
all of a sudden it's like, oh, the numbers come out nice. It, it just makes sense. Okay, now what's the next step? And then you take the pieces that you have for the next step and put them together and go, okay, like, is it like a bridge, right? Is it a bridge to that next cliff? And you look at what they have and like, okay, these are a couple different options. Maybe this will be one that works. This one makes more sense. This one doesn't. And, and secret is that's actually how they did a brain study. And that's actually how people who test really high do it. They don't memorize steps, which makes me so happy. They actually think about as they go along hmm, in my judgment call, does this make sense or does this make sense? And wait, I just made that step, but it looks wrong. I'm already doing the error analysis midway. So no, that's not right. Let me go back to what I was thinking before and and move on forward. So you're not like it's not second guessing, it's guessing and checking with such rapid understanding because you practice so much, you've trained yourself so much that you immediately know. Um, my husband, he's been working on, you know, so buying some parts for motorcycles and things like that. And if he looks at something, he can tell the size. Like just he just knows this is what the size is because he's trained himself. So the same thing with math. You can train yourself so you just kind of know. And that's why it looks so, uh, you used to call them math magicians. That's why it looks so magical because it seems like you know it, but nobody sees behind the scenes. The very step-by-step -step way you could solve and learn math problems. And I actually have something, I uh, had a freebie, but I'll, I'll bring it out again because I had put it away. But I had a freebie that would show exactly how you can take step-by-step going from the beginning to the end. The same secret I used when I was in third grade to learn how to do a whole textbook on my own. My parents handed me a textbook in third grade summer and they're like, here, learn it. I was like, I don't know how to do this. And I struggled. I would get them wrong and wrong and wrong, but I figured out a way to break it down so I could take it step by step. And once I started taking it step by step, I was starting to find that flow. And so I was able to complete an entire third grade textbook over the summer. Um, by using these steps. So I'll give that away. Um, just remind me and I, I will, will. I, will <laughs> I will definitely make that available because it's just one of my passions is making math simple for people. It can be done and, and people can find a lot of success. I, wow. So what I'm hearing, um, it sounds like math not only is a step-by-step, -step, but it's something that builds your logic. Math just builds your logical thinking skills where you're able to strategize, like I said before, like strategize, think critically on when you take that skill and apply it to your everyday life, you're able to see things. I love how you are just painting the picture of how math is a step-by-step -step logical thinking, not a memorization type of thing. It's just part of someone's innate being. You're right. We are math beings because, I mean, I've studied music. I've studied art and all of these things. I've always found math to be in there. It just, it sneaks itself way in there. And one of my friends, he is very interesting how math came out through this. He actually never took math in high school. He studied classically, 
But because he learned how to reason and think logically, when he had when he went to college, he tested out of math because he understood logic and he understood how to think. And what you're telling me is math, when you study it and you allow yourself to be challenged by it, your mind can now start looking for ways to find your answer because that's really how the brain is designed right so your brain is designed to problem solve it's designed to for survival it's designed to um help you uh get through situations in life and again you have to train that it's like every other muscle when you train it you're able to really utilize that i was just looking up the uh the term that's called uh when you start noticing things you said you have to train your brain so you can see things um that you normally wouldn't have seen it's called the bader meinhof phenomenon it's the bader meinhof effect um when your awareness of something increases because i you know how when you some you buy a brand new car you buy a, a toyota and all of a sudden everybody has a toyota like wait but where do all these Toyotas come from, you know? And it's just the ability to start noticing the things that you probably just weren't aware of beforehand. That is that you're, you're blowing my mind right now. So anyways, so, (laughs) but perfect. I, I, I want, I just want to speak to that because that's so, that's so cool. It is true. I mean, I read articles, you write books and two people that are looking at that same stu- same information but one person who has the ability maybe using the math eye right to be able to go deeper into that level oh i just gave you a statistic but what's the full story are there other questions behind the scenes that you need to know in order to truly understand what's going on and yeah a lot of mathematicians a lot of math teachers would comment if they saw something um, and actually, there's a there's been a picture that's been going around that they were able to see something that other people might not have noticed. Uh, not to give too much away, but there, there was a picture with a lot of, of 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 approvals, thumbs up. But when the math teachers got to it, they're like, "Look at all this other stuff that maybe wasn't mentioned in the comments because we were able to see this, 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 and this." And um, that's the same thing we want for our students. We want our students to think critically and know that deeper level of understanding. Some of that comes from, and I absolutely love Singapore math, just to throw that out there. But some of it comes from like estimation that I see in Singapore math. Um, rounding, you know, having that, that comes and ties in with the innateness of looking at something and knowing how big it is and understanding how much how much it weighs and, and how big a number is. Like when you're seeing five, Point nine nine five dollars and ninety nine cents. Your brain is understanding that really is close to six dollars, and you understand the the value of that six dollars. Um, so a lot of math elements that you can see every day, and you can see at a deeper level, like like the pizza problem. That's a great problem. If I, you don't mind me sharing it, please. Okay. So the pizza problem is you know you have a pizza that's like four inches. I hope I don't get the numbers right wrong, but we'll just make make it up. So a four inch radius pizza right how does that compare to a pizza that's eight inches in radius right and what do the prices look like you know is it a double 
in its price? Why are they charging me three times the amount of money for the bigger pizza compared to the smaller one? And which one's the better deal? You know, it just opens up all that thought process of, you know, is that okay? Because I heard that somebody couldn't buy a large pizza, so they tried to replace it with two small pizzas. And the customer was really upset. Why would the customer be upset, you know? How can a bigger pizza with eight inches compared to a big, smaller pizza with four inches not be equal to two times? Well, let's do some investigation and find out. And you'll find out it's not. It is not. That is really interesting because I think with you saying that makes me think we're doing math like all the time, especially when we go shopping, right? Because I, the example you just gave, I do that all the time. I'm looking at the prices and I'm like, okay, this one is giving me 16 ounces. This one's giving me 32 ounces. 16 ounces cost 499, but 32 costs 699. Why wouldn't I buy the 32 ounces? I'm getting twice the amount for just two bucks more. Yeah, I'm going with that one. So I automatically in my mind start doing the math, but I'm not really thinking that I'm doing math, right? Yeah, it's so powerful. I mean, the fact that you can do that it, without thinking about it, that your comfort level with that, uh, that you're comfortable with that, it's not as common in my students. They don't go out and compare. They have to rely on the little tags that have the numbers on it. You know, if they have to make a judgment call about interest rates or other things, I get worried that they may not fully understand, you know, what does the percentage mean? How does the, dis what's the discount going to look like? How much money do you need to have? You know, so the ability to do that just off the top of your head and look at things and know those kind of numbers, that's amazing and, and so vital. And all our students should know that. You know, obviously, the focus of your curriculum is to help students develop strong, high level math skills. What inspired you to want to help students pursue such mastery in math? So. Um, one of the things is my own story. I, I went to college. I, um, I had done so well, you know, I did the math competitions. I was, you know, in honors. I was considered like one of the top of my class. And then I took a class during the summer and I aced it. Like I did so well. I went back to school the next fall and the next class I took, I just felt miserable. I wasn't understanding. I could understand the teacher. I could understand the textbook. I just was like, I felt like I had changed. And now that I'm older, I know I, I had it, but my ability to understand math was now different. And so this continued, I worked hard, I continued, I ended up going to college and I still loved math, so I majored in math. But I was like, why did it get hard? It shouldn't have gotten harder. Why in college did it get hard? That doesn't make sense. And so I was constantly pursuing something to figure out what was the missing ingredient. So when my son was born, I found out about Singapore mathematics being the top scoring uh, curriculum in the entire nation, I mean, the entire world, sorry, on the TIMSS, which is given, I think, every four years. Uh, I hope you can correct me if I'm wrong, but given like so many years. And they've scored consistently. And I looked at the curriculum and being both a math teacher and a math major, I was blown away. They make it simple. They made it deep. They made it understanding focus. Like you understand meaning. You aren't just about, it's not just about executing. It's not just about getting the right answer, which is what I feel like a lot of us students, they're just 
they, they're frustrated and they just want the right answer just to get over that frustration. Instead, it builds it up so that you have this strong foundation with harder questions initially. And yeah, harder questions are hard to take, but what the beauty of it is, it never gets any harder. It's not like all of a sudden you get slammed when you're in fifth grade, which I had seen with so many of our school's tests. Um, when I was teaching fifth grade, students would just drop off. Their scores would just plummet. Like they had changed. No, the students hadn't changed. The way we had trained them and the way the math had uh, been approached or, or the tests that we had given them showcased their weakness. And now they started feeling like they couldn't do math. And that's not fair to our kids. Our kids should feel more empowered. Um, in fact, in other countries, at the college level, they, they're starting to explore, they're starting to innovate, they're starting to create because their K through 12 is where they learn everything they need to be able to start doing and producing versus us, we get harder. I always felt like I was so scared when I went into high school. I was scared that I would get bad grades and because I was fearful of what high school represented, but it shouldn't be like that. It should be K through five, at least in my opinion, K through five should be strong. Six through eight should be, you know, not any harder, not at all, just new material, but not any more difficult. In high school, definitely not any more difficult because you know what you're doing. You've seen it before, you are empowered with tools, you've been challenged and you know how to overcome those challenges and you have the skills and the resources to deal with it while everybody's here supporting you. You know, when your parents and your family and your teachers are there to support you to grow. And that way you don't feel like you're falling flat. You're just, you're just lifted back up if you fall. Okay, it's a mistake, it's an error, it's a challenge, it's, a, it's an opportunity. And now what are we gonna do about it? Just get up and do it again. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. We all have this. And so you just get used to that cycle and you get faster and faster at picking yourself up. Um, I think we mentioned, we talked about before, you know, resilience. This is this is a key factor, I think, in life. You you can't let, I mean, things happen, and I totally understand. And I've felt it too. I've had times where I've been down, but the resilience, the ability to like look at it and go, okay, I know I can do it. I'm gonna keep trying to get back up. I'm gonna have other people that I know who've been there to help me to get back up. And, and, you know, not to get too far away from the math, but there are pieces of it when you find yourself challenged that stick with you. Right. And, and I wanted that to be, I want that from, as a gift for my students. That's beautiful because it's important to be able to, you know, learn not just um, the content, but, you know, life skills through our education. So now with the age of technology, right, information is literally at our fingertips, which needs very little thinking. How does the curriculum that you have and the program that you have encourage students to develop these critical thinking skills and not just give in and look up the answer? Yes, so first off, I hope that the questions we give them are not so simple that they can look it up, but I think that they're missing out. I think that they have fun actually showcasing what they know. I think they have fun showing that one of our, our 
our favorite things to do is show them ma mental math. They they didn't know these things before. They might have like not known that they could actually add in their heads and they feel smart because they are smart. They feel smart that they can add in their heads. And so being able to demonstrate that and share it and show it to a teacher to show it to an adult um, does encourage them that it's more valuable to them that they feel that empowerment than it is for them to find the answer. They would only find the answer if they feel so stressed out or they feel that they're not capable. And so we try to break away from that and just take it piece by piece and show them through baby steps that, hey, this is not as bad as you think it is. Also, another thing is that we have this flow in the curriculum where some parts are harder and then some parts balance it out. There are some pieces that are easier for people to understand and more enjoyable for that moment because it's like you want you want your cake and your ice cream as well as your meat and your potatoes, too. You know, you want yeah. both. You want that little sweetness that, oh, that was so easy. And you also want the like, I have to cut my steak in order to eat it. Uh, you know, it takes a little work. You can't just like, you know, it's not as enjoyable if you don't cut it. So, yeah. um, you know, it takes work on both sides, but you'll swing between them so that there's a nice balance. And that's one of the beauties of the Singapore math method is it's not all intense. It gets that nice break from it. And it also leads you down the path. So you develop the innate understanding first before you build out what we call the abstract understanding, which is, you know, your variables or your critical thinking in uh, problem solving in your mind. You actually work with manipulatives or you work with modeling first before you go into the next level. Can you take us through like one lesson, maybe in a basic, a basic um, introductory math lesson? Sure. Um, so one of my favorite, favorite, favorite tools in Singapore mathematics, and, and uh, it's being used now in, in many other curriculums as well. But um, and just a side note, Singapore mathematics only because it came from Singapore. But um, it's so well known that way uh, is number bonds. And so a number bond, you imagined three circles. And from those three circles, you connect uh, two of them, let's say the ones on the bottom to the one on the top. So super, super simple diagram, but it's so powerful because it connects three items in three different ways. The bottom two, let's say it's four plus five, adds up to nine. But, so I fill it out, four, five, and nine. Okay, but what else could I do? I could leave one of them blank. So four plus what is nine? Hmm. Or I could leave the other one blank. Five plus what is nine? Or nine take away five. Now I'm going backwards with subtraction is what? Or nine take away four is what? So we have this fact family where all of the items are integrated. And by training the child up in that area, then I just gonna put three numbers on the board, four, five, nine. Imagine that they automatically are seeing in the brain four plus five equals nine, nine minus five equals four. You know, it's like rapid firing because the brain already has all of those ideas at the same time. And then if you write it out, they're automatically thinking, oh, what's next? They're in anticipation. And so almost as if a teacher, if they were writing out the problem, they're seeing the story behind the problem. They're already generating that thought process that the teacher doesn't even need to explain. They could just say, oh, I already see what's next. I always see what's changing. The wheels are turning. And then when the teacher explains, it's actually reinforcing it. So anyways, that's an introductory lesson 
to so many other things as you go higher and higher and higher level just by looking at number bonds. Imagine we could do that with multiplication and division. We can do it with decimals, we can do it with fractions, just to mix up the different types of numbers we're using. But the idea has not changed. This idea of three things being linked together in some kind of formula, a single operation is super, super powerful. Wow, that's really cool. Um, now, what, um, trying to think which question I wanna ask now. <laughs> So I am, and we're running out of time, but I, I wanna, maybe we should log off and log back on because I only have four minutes, but I really want you to be able to fully answer this question. So let's log off and log back on. And then um, I'll, by the time we come back, I'll figure out which question I wanna, I'm gonna ask both of them. I just don't know what, what order it would go in better, but I'll be, okay, let's just do that really quick. <laughs> I'll be back. Okay. So, Understanding that participating in high stress and competitive environments is not necessarily for everyone. Who would be the ideal student for a program like yours? So we typically work with two types of students. We work with the student who um, is ready to be challenged. They just already know that they need to be challenged or that they want to be challenged and they're, they're not getting the challenge necessarily in whatever school program they're in. And they come to us and they just, they love the different types of problems and the different, the different um, curriculum that we're able to offer them. Uh, we also have another student who has a little bit cautious about math. They've been trying really hard, but they're not too sure of themselves. And for that student, we love to introduce, like we've been talking about the Singapore method, methods, where they feel empowered, they get to see deeper, they get to develop the math eye, and they feel like they're smart. And so that's another student that does really well with our program, a student who's willing to just step-by-step step do the work and learn and, and finds just this very calm and subtle enjoyment of, of, of working through the work with us. Uh, so those are, those are two wonderful students. We both, we've enjoyed both of them. Awesome. So what, you know, Understanding how math is like literally in everything that we do, um, being able to just power, not, not power through, but persevere through those hard times. In your opinion, what are the benefits of students or really anyone taking the challenge and persevering through you know, those challenging questions? What are the benefits for, for students there? I think that one of the wonderful things that I've seen with students who are doing the challenging questions is that they've been able to sometimes bring in their family members. And it's one, one thing I love to see is parents and students working together uh, because, because it's all about a team effort for, on, on our side. We're part of that team of working with parents and students. So I'll see moms and their sons or dads and their, you know, their kids boys or girls just sitting there and working together and trying to figure it out and they get to see from adults point of view a lot of times the adults don't have the answer right away and they get to see them work through and for adults who might have struggled with math I want to kind of do a side note here you are now as an older person you have gained so many skills of how to problem solve that when you come back and you demonstrate for your child 
what you're learning and how you're learning it, and you show that you're going to persevere alongside with them, they gain so much by that. Uh, they not only gain the method of how you're doing it because you're able to come up with an approach that they might not have thought of, but they also just they're, they just love seeing their parents do this kind of stuff. And so parents as well see their kids and they see their kids not giving up and they see their kids seeing those mini little keywords or those clues in the problem and discovering it. And they also get a huge satisfaction out of it. So this type of math really benefits, you know, those types, the, the, the families uh, working together like that. And um, I hope I didn't sidetrack for the question. No, that was perfect. That was, that... It was so much fun. Yeah, the, I definitely wasn't expecting that answer, but that's a really great answer because, you know, when your child watches you overcome and, and persevere things, it does give them the confidence and the mindset to, to believe I can do anything. And that in itself is extremely powerful, especially in a world right now where just a lot of times people are they're so underwhelmed and they're so under challenged that if we can build, you know, through homeschooling and through uh, parental, you know, um, participation with their children, we're building a completely different child and a completely different adult coming into the world. So, and that's really what we need. We need people who are going to take our future and understand and really be able to um, think for themselves and not be controlled by rhetoric uh, where, I mean, I'm just going to say, it. unfortunately, right now in this world, we have a lot of people who don't do research for themselves. They are legitimately just believing what they hear and they're not thinking logically because when you talk to them and you start bringing logic into it, it actually, they will fight you and, and you can see in their face like, no, no, that's not right. You know, it's like, it's logical and you can hear it. And they, they literally reject logic. And it's very, it's kind of scary when you, when you see someone where you're like, the number is five. It's like right in front of your face, right here, and and they're not seeing it. It's it's, and it's happened. I've literally it, with my students, they'll ask me. Sometimes I just once I think a couple of times they ask me, "Hey, Miss Buzzy, can you help me with this?" And then I would give them the answer and show them how I got to that answer. They'll ask me, "Are you sure?" I'm like, "I'm showing it to you." They're like, "But are you sure?" I'm thinking. Whoa, that's a very scary thing that a person can see the answer and not see the answer. That really blows my mind. So, you know, when when we're talking about bringing parents and and you know children together and them building confidence and them building that math eye and that building, you know, the ability to see things that are unseen that's super powerful and for me i'm just like yes this is exactly what this world needs moving forward so ingrid what's the call to action where can they find you where can they sign up for your program where can they connect with you so you can find us on facebook and instagram and you can find us on our website at tampabaytestprep.com uh, feel free to send us an email or check out our pages there. We have a contact us and we have a calendar listing our classes that we're currently offering. 
Uh, so we just look forward to meeting you guys. If you're interested in our services, we'd love to connect. We are also offering a free escape room. Uh, we're wow. running our first class tonight. I am so excited. Dinosaurs. Uh, we have an escape from Dino Mountain. So for those adventurous uh, third and fourth graders, we're going to be hosting that once a month for free. Come join us for 30 minutes and use your logical, critical thinking skills to escape from Dino Mountain or whatever other adventures we may have in the future. That's fantastic. So is it one specific day out of the month? Yes, there'll be one Saturday a month. I'm looking at the third Saturday, but definitely check our calendar if things change. And it will be about 5 or 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. But all you have to do is sign up. Everything's ready to go for you. Show up and be ready to solve some problems. That's fantastic. Ingrid, what is one takeaway you want to leave our listeners with today? Um, I'm, I'm just so grateful to be here. And um, for the listeners, I, I want you guys to know that you can do it. Uh, I, X has these amazing podcasts, and I'm sure you guys can get so much out of it. I've gotten so much out of just talking with her. And so, you know, take your time and enjoy the process. Find some good resources out there where you can decide, you know, which one fits your family the best. And ultimately, you know, empower your kids, empower them to make wise decisions with a solid knowledge base skills. Uh, I definitely strongly am in favor of very, very good math skills, critical thinking skills. So they have the opportunities to go further with all these other studies and, and make that difference in the world that I think I wanted for my child. And I get to see him as a product of homeschooling achieve so much more because of homeschooling. That's fantastic. Are, and are you still homeschooling or are you are you done with homeschooling? We we feel like he's always our home home child. So I don't know if it ever ends. I feel like that's homeschooling becomes parenting. But he is in college. And uh, so he should be finishing up pretty soon. So we are very excited about that. Oh, wow. Well, Ingrid, thank you so much for coming on the show and just sharing your expertise, your experiences, your knowledge, and just your passion really can feel it. And I'm just thankful that you came on. <laughs> Thank you, Bex. Loved being here. Thank you again. Awesome. You've been listening to the Homeschool Advantage podcast, where you get the scoop on all the latest vendors that fit your lifestyle. Thanks for listening. Also, follow me wherever you listen to your podcast to stay up to date on the next episode. You can also visit my website where the episodes will be and for my free lesson plan course, which can help you if you have different vendors and you're wondering, how do I make them all flow together? Let me help you with that. And if you're a vendor and you think you would like to be on the podcast, send me an email realedtalk at gmail.com. Leave me your name, contact, website, and I'll get back to you. Thanks for stopping in with me and I'll see you on the next time.